minimal habits useful for learning? In last week's video, I talked about the problem of being overly patient in learning. In particular, I singled out learning projects based on simple, minimal habits. So let's say learning a language by spending five minutes a day on Duolingo or writing one page of a novel every week. To recap, while popular, this approach limits the types of activities you can do, often eliminating the most efficient kinds of practice. The long-term time frame makes it hard to tell if you're actually making progress, and it's hard to adjust your approach when you're not. And finally, while setting up easy habits can be a good stepping stone into a difficult behavior, for many, the five-minute-per-day routine is the destination, not the warm-up. While the minimal habit approach has problems, I should also note that there are problems with intensive projects too. Intensive projects are hard to schedule, they're challenging to execute, and they may lack sufficient spacing for long-term retention. So the best approach isn't to just steadfastly stick to a particular format for working on a goal, but to just understand the strengths and weaknesses of each. What are minimal habits good for? The minimal habit approach to learning, provided you can sustain it over long periods, has two key advantages, spacing and convenience. Spacing refers to the spacing effect, a well-studied phenomenon. We retain information better when there are longer intervals between what we are exposed to than when the same amount of exposure happens over a shorter amount of time. Thus, seeing a vocabulary item 10 times over 10 days will result in more durable memory than seeing it 10 times in one hour. By drawing learning out over very long time frames, minimal habits can potentially take advantage of the spacing effect and thus result in more durable memories than crammed schedules. The second advantage of minimal habits is that they're convenient. As I mentioned in the previous video, it feels mean to discourage people from cultivating minimal habits since the alternative is very often to just do nothing. Life is busy, learning is hard, and sometimes you really only have 10 minutes to spare. So given these two advantages, I think it's worth examining what kinds of learning aims might be appropriate for simple, minimal habits spread over a long period of time. When should minimal habits work? So based on my mental model of minimal habits, I would expect them to work when the practice activity has low cognitive load and can be fit into a small space of time. The basic idea behind cognitive load theory is that information must make its way through a narrow bottleneck of conscious experience for learning to occur. Complex subjects and skills, those with many pieces of information that must all be put together before you can understand them, create high cognitive load. This is one reason why learning mathematics and physics is difficult. However, cognitive load isn't constant for a subject. As you learn, your brain uses mechanisms such as chunking or retrieval cues to minimize the burden on your working memory. For instance, when you first learn to read, it has very high cognitive load because you must work to recognize each letter. But eventually, the cognitive load of reading becomes low as you automatically recognize words and sentences. New learning varies in its demands on working memory. Some skills and concepts are intrinsically higher in cognitive load since they have many new interacting parts. In contrast, other ideas are essentially isolated from each other and can be learned one at a time. Consider learning to calculate quantum mechanical orbitals in chemistry versus memorizing their masses on the periodic table. The former has lots of pieces of information that all need to be used simultaneously to perform the calculation. In contrast, the memorization task usually just involves unrelated facts. In light of this, flashcards might help you memorize the periodic masses, but they probably wouldn't work well for learning to solve differential equations to find the electron orbitals. 
the kinds of problems in the calculation tasks that require you to load a lot of information into short-term memory so that for all but the most seasoned chemists, effective practice activity would look more like a problem set that you must focus on for some period of time in order to actually learn something. Minimal habits are probably better for maintaining knowledge and fluency than moving to a new skill frontier. Continued repetitive practice spaced over time is ideal for boosting fluency, but it's less effective for making deliberate adjustments in the presence of corrective feedback. Thus, a low-key daily writing habit will probably make writing easier, but it probably won't help you reach a substantially higher level of proficiency. The latter would presumably require deliberate practice constraints that force you to use styles or structures that don't come automatically and require a certain amount of focus and effort, and likely some outside feedback. This is difficult or impossible to sustain as a minimal low-effort habit. The other constraint on minimal habits is that the practice activity needs to fit and be effective in a tiny sliver of time each day. Thus, downhill skiing, for instance, probably can't be made into a minimal habit by most people since it requires a lengthy trip up a snowy mountain before you can get some runs in. Many skills are difficult to practice minimally because no relevant kind of practice will fit into the time frame. Some examples where minimal habits might work. So I've used minimal habits in the past, both effectively and ineffectively. The theory I've tried to articulate here spells out where I think they will work and where I think they will fail. In particular, I think minimal habits might work well for broad subject knowledge, such as daily blog reading, educational YouTube videos, or skimming a relevant subreddit. They're not going to produce expertise, but it will give you good coverage of the main ideas, even if you need some serious practice to become proficient in using them. They can be used for flashcards or memorizing isolated facts. Things that can be broken down into atomic, independent pieces of quickly testable knowledge are also good candidates for minimal habits. I've successfully used fragments of time to learn lots of vocabulary in a new language, and it can also be good for maintaining knowledge too. Finally, fluency or maintaining established skills. So keeping effort minimal can help build fluency with material, a non-trivial part of eventually mastering it. In contrast, I expect minimal habits to be poorly suited to situations that require deliberate practice, learning new complex skills, or when the effective practice is just not possible within the time or effort constraints demanded by the minimal habit. It's important to note that the patient-impatient distinction is often dwarfed by the larger consideration of time actually spent learning. So according to some reasonable estimates, mastery of a language can take between 500 to 2,000 hours of classroom time. If you were to follow the five minutes per day approach with a hard language like Mandarin, that would mean almost 70 years before you hit that threshold. So if you don't actually practice enough, even the most efficient learning strategy won't get you there. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.